I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the Box Set Pod. Uh, uh, this week brought to you by Adam's in a cupboard, Jack's in an attic, Jamie's just had his tea and has got acid indigestion, and I have some clothes on this week, unlike last week's podcast, which I did completely naked. Oh, I forgot about that. Welcome to it. Tonight, we're going to be talking about The Get Down, brand new TV series on Netflix. 2016. Um, joining us, our work experience boy Jack from his attic. Uh, we just saw it. Jack just dialed us up accidentally using his video, and uh, <laughs> he's in an attic. Adam is wandering around his house uh, now in a cupboard. And um, let's first go to Jack. Jack, that you're uh, where you are, the <laughs> attic room. It looked very, uh, very swish for a student. What kind of a student are you? <laughs> one that's uh, not rich enough to be living in a house like this but still lives in it anyway so wow. yeah, how, many other, right. how many other people <laughs> live in there with you uh, there's there's three others there's four of us all together so it's, it's not too bad and you've got the just one room. of them does one of them own the house that's how you end up getting mm. lucky with student housing yeah. in my experience no unfortunately so not mum owns a house oh well, well done um we all lived together in a number of houses, and I got the room on the ground floor, which was awful. Yeah, sucker. For two <laughs> years. I was woken up by every person who left. Do you, do you, remember we had that? Jamie, you were next to him on the ground yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah I don't you know, know why I'm laughing. No, he wasn't, Adam. That was, that, that was, that that was, was a different house. house. This was after your oh, time. I, I um, only lived with you in one house. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I got stiffed, basically. I got stiffed in the choice of rooms by our good friend Ian Jackson when we each put our name in a hat. We put numbers in a hat and we drew them out. Whoever got the lowest number got to pick their room first, right? I picked out number one. So I chose the biggest room, <laughs> Jack's room, the attic room, right? Everyone else picked their numbers out, so we had an order... And then we realised that we'd put in one too many numbers, so there was one left at the end. Ian Jackson, who had got the last choice, then argued that on a pure (laughs) mathematics basis, this was not a fair test and we should redraw. (laughs) Right? How on earth everybody got... In fact, I think it was just the atmosphere of awkwardness, because Jacka was clearly disappointed and I was clearly excited about our room choices, (laughs) that everyone just went, oh, sod it, let's pick again. I'm like, that's all all right for you guys to say. I got the best bloody room. So we picked again, and I got the worst room in the house. Uh, By by the way, Howell, this story makes it sound like you're the unlucky guy here. I'm the guy who got the smallest room in the house and decided, and no one else would take that room, and that's why I wasn't in the vote, because I was the only one willing to take the shittest room in the house. I had the worst room on that top floor. Two points. One, it was on the top floor. Great. You're not woken up by drunk people every night. Number two, didn't you get a cut in the rent for that? 
No, I, I bloody didn't, actually. Pretty sure you did. <laughs> no, really I didn't, sure. but it makes me... I, I want reparations for that bad boy, because I got nothing. <laughs> Seeking reparations. Wow. Make sure you never video call again, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it only makes it weird. This is what it leads to. You've unearthed yeah. some old shit here, Jack. Um <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Um, so this evening we're going to be talking about the Get Down. Before we do that, Jamie, have you got any news for us this week? Go to the boxsetpod.com slash news and you'll find all the latest tits and bits, tidbits from me about the news. <laughs> and just in, M. Night Shyamalan, the director of Sixth Sense. He's famous for his suspenseful movie twists. But the news that he's working on a TV comedy could be the greatest twist of all. <laughs> yes, Shyamalan. <laughs> Do you like that line? Shyamalan has written an animated comedy for TV channel Fox. It's called Eleven Little Indians. It's about an immigrant family living in America. Uh, luckily, he's producing it with a, um, a veteran of comedy, Alex Carter, who's worked on Family Guy. Um, so it, hopefully it will work out. But Shyamalan doing a comedy does that tempt anybody well, uh, it sure is going to be a reinvention isn't it i, I hope yeah. it's going to be a reinvention very good mm. what else mm. is going also on? the twin peaks is returning to our screens next year 2017 showtime are keeping plenty of mystery and intrigue surrounding the plot but what we do know is this david lynch is back that's good news because when twin peaks was good it was David Lynch good. But when he left, it went down the tube and went really weird. Sure so he's back given on board. us this news story about three times in the last six months. Uh, no, I've got... heard this before. Yeah. You've not heard this bit. You've not. I've not even finished the news here. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> finish this story. This is just the bill. This is just the preamble. Just try not to repeat so, yourself with the news. I'm trying, story. but I'm trying to try and talk at the moment. David Lynch. So he's on board. So's Cal McLaughlin back taking the role of Agent Cooper. New cast members. Oh, I didn't tell you this bit. Laura Dern's back. Michael Sarah. Uh, from Arrested Development's in it. Amanda Seyfried <laughs> and Naomi Watts nice. from. Um, yeah. films uh, Australian uh, <laughs> she's in it as well so here's the thing they've been trying to build it up but they're not they're not giving anything away about the plot but they've released a teaser trailer basically it's just an extended teaser trailer of a shot through the woods which shows the composer of the original theme tune Angelo Badalamenti riffing on his classic score whilst they travel through the the dark twin peats woods it's a it's a bit weird but well, it's literally building show up the that. composer right in the music. It shows the composer, and he's sort of like half sort of faded into the shot mm. of the woods, and he's kind of riffing his little synth music off nice. and uh, creating the mystique. And Twin Peaks, I'm very excited about this, so I loved it. But it is a bit of an odd move. But that's what Twin Peaks is about. It's odd, it's different. I'll watch anything um, with Michael Serra in. So uh, Yeah, it, it's a good cast. Yeah. Uh, that's your news for now. Wow. Wow, you really padded that out. Yeah, I did. That's good news, Jamie. I like that. <laughs> well, th thank you, Adam. Thank it's you. A, it's a new trailer up there. Um, nice. Uh, what's everyone watching this week? What are you currently watching? What are you enjoying? Jack? Uh, oh, yeah, go, Jack. <laughs> I've actually I've carried on with... Uh, is it yeah community that's the name of it isn't it community oh, yeah. so, have I. so have i since last week i've done a whole two it's, more it's got a lot better can i just say how on earth and i listened back to last week's how on earth can matt wanless have claimed 
that it's not about a cynical character, right? That it's not about cynicism. When episode three is about a teacher telling him that he's that that he can't just use his cynicism to get through this course <laughs> and he has to seize the day. It's like a whole episode trying to make him seize the day, which he completely fails to do because he's so cynical. How can he possibly not even recognise it as yeah. cynical? All the, the half the jokes are sarcastic from that character. Adam, go on. Yeah, I would say very slightly in, in Matt's defence. Mm-hmm. Like the Jeff's character is entirely cynical. That is kind of his thing. Like the ongoing thing is that, like as he sort of becomes less of a major character, most of the time he's in the back of scenes just looking at his phone, yeah. not really bothering to interact with anything. This was series go on. Um, it becomes a lot more than about just uh, than about just Jeff. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that is a cynical character at the heart of it, and that first season is kind of his journey, and then it gets loads better yeah. as it sort of expands into the whole group dynamic a lot more. The point being that the group isn't cynical. They're, that's why yeah. they're so naive and easily tricked by his cynicism. That's that's kind of, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, he gets bored of being cynical, I guess, and the whole series yeah, turns into something yeah. else. What else? So, are you... are you are you enjoying it, Howell? I am. I am. It makes me laugh a lot. Um, yeah, it made me laugh a lot. I like it. I'm looking forward to watching Brilliant. it when we finish recording this. Um, Favorite characters so far, Jack? Um, <laughs> I'm going to call him Mr. Chow because that's oh, where he's calling yeah. the Hangover. Yeah. But you know who I'm on about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Chang. I mean, Chang. Da- Is he called Chang? Yeah. 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 Senor Chang. Yeah. I mean, Senor Chang. The whole, uh, the whole like interpretive dance thing that they do in episode two, um, followed by the punchline from him, is just brilliant. But anyway, we won't... You know, yeah. I do want to mention, actually, I forgot to mention one of my favourite characters in the whole show is, is the old guy, Leonard. I don't know if he's been in it much oh, yet, yeah. but no. he's actually, he's brilliant. And they're, they're created uh, off the back of Le- Leonard's role. is very small, obviously, but he has really good cameo moments. And there's, like, some YouTube videos of him eating different types of pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that are really funny. Like, it's really good just to watch. He just created his own little, like, food blogs and uh, in this character. You know what, and the they mention that in one of the episodes, don't they, where they say, oh, yeah. a YouTuber who does unboxing videos for uh, for mm. food products, and then they put the whole actual Leonard's, Leonard's whole YouTube diary up, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. It's one of those shows, like, last week, obviously, I wasn't part of it. It's a show I love, and there was a point where I was worried that no one was going to quite get across why it's so brilliant, but I realised how you are going to love it when you said when someone talked about how they commit to a gag. Yeah, totally. Like, if there's an idea there, mm. they just... Mm pilot in that's a whole episode committed to one little bit of, of yeah. co- concept and then they'll bring it back three seasons later I do need and it's, you it's to very do... in jokey yeah but, uh, i do need it's to great once to you're on the inside you love it put put um put my mind at ease with something I, i'm watching it and i can't get over the knowledge that chevy chase and jeff what's his face fell out um, and the and the idea that Chevy was like a pain in the arse all the way through because I'm watching it and I'm going oh were these guys miserable on set and was Chevy's delivery of this <laughs> mm. funny line like did he actually think that it wasn't a funny no line? I don't think it was like that I think that he he got on really well with all the cast didn't fall out with any of the cast he fell out with the showrunner in the third season I think it's just every now and then he'd comment to the showrunner or the creator 
and the other writers that you know he thought it could be even better. But right. when he talk, when he's with the cast, love him like he got on really well. Oh, okay. And uh, Joe McHale, who plays uh, Jeff Winger, talks he's got a quite a good friendship with him now. But yeah, it is more. I think he saw it was good. What he was doing was good, Chevy. I think he just wanted it to be even better and I think as the, sh- as the show went on he-, he felt like it was doing the same thing again and again but you know that's Chevy. It was it was reported about a lot of the time wasn't it because again it's mm. one of those shows I heard about a lot before I got around to watching uh, mm. but it-, it doesn't affect your enjoyment of it at all. What have you yeah. been watching this week Jamie? Well The Fall has just returned to BBC One. Uh, I don't know if you've, anyone's watched any of The Fall. Gillian Anderson plays no. a detective mm. trying to hunt not, down not a serial season, killer. Yeah. Uh, have you watched the other ones though, have you, Adam? Yeah, I watched the first two seasons. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, the first, uh, the first episode of season three is basically a really boring but well-shot version of uh, 24 Hours in A&E. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just <laughs> shots of a hospital for a whole episode, and it's like, are you really going to drag out this entire episode just in a hospital watching this bloody operation? It is ridiculously boring, and I feel like they're short on plots, and that might be why they've done it. But uh, hopefully, it will improve because it is a very good show. Um, before we get onto the get down, has anybody been watching the new Kiefer Sutherland designated survivor? Has anyone tried it yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. No, they're releasing it week by week onto Netflix in the UK. Certainly, I've watched the first two episodes. We need to discuss it in the future. Let's leave it at that. Um, now then, um, let's talk about the get down. So, um, where are we all with the get down? How much you watched, Adam? Um, I have turned on season one, episode one, on my preferred Netflix viewing platform. I see, and there is only one series, so that would be possible. Okay. And you've watched one episode. Jack, how much have you watched? I've watched three episodes so far. Three episodes in. And Jamie? Jamie? One. Where did you go? Sorry, my phone must have gone weird. I was shouting it. (laughs) 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 One. I was just saying one. Okay, one episode <laughs> in. So, um, uh, what is this thing? Who who would like to? Adam, why don't you tell us in a natty paragraph what the conceit is here? Oh, um, I, can I can I pass on this because that's going to give away a lot more of my uh, of my. <laughs> oh. How does it? How does it have to give away what you think of it? What? Um, because. I, because I'd actually abandoned it after about 15 minutes. Oh! What? <laughs> what? So I've got a clue what was going on. That's so pathetic. Like an old person confused by new things. It, what? I just couldn't follow it, and I gave up. You couldn't um, follow it? I, I, there's, <laughs> there's a whole lesson here about context. And if I start talking about it, we're going to go off. Uh, I'm going to be talking for about 20 minutes. So let's carry on around the room. Someone else give a synopsis um, oh and, and come back to me. This is a story based in the Bronx, the 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 birth of of rap in the Bronx, or at least the birth of it of 70s rap in the Bronx. The wider picture is of uh, New York City in the 70s, of the very much ghettoized Bronx. 
and it is the story of a young girl who wants to be a singer and has dreams to be a singer a young boy who wants to be a rapper well does he know what rap is yet or well he knows what rap is but does he know that that's what he wants to do we don't know he's um from a deprived community his parents uh, are dead and he lives with his aunt and uncle and he is at school and struggling and there's a teacher there very much saying this is the point in your life when you'll decide the man you're going to be um jimmy smith plays her uncle who is kind of a a big uh, community leader we get the feeling that he's very much involved with backhanders with the mayor and things but he's very much in charge of the Puerto Rican community and uh, that's about it we kind of focused on those two um, but it's told through the lens of uh, it's Naz that's rapping at the beginning um, and oh, is that Naz? Yeah, and it's kind of told... I think it's Naz. Uh, Sarah, is it Naz at the beginning of the get-down? Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> is it Naz at the beginning of the get-down? Sarah's get -down? his camera. Yes. <laughs> he, great. He did the original music for oh. it on the rap side of things. So it's sort of told in this full flashback, but told from the point of view of somebody on stage in somewhere like Madison Square Gardens or something. A uh, big arena. And um, we've, yeah, we flash back to the story of this. Oh, that's what it was. Oh. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been created by Baz Luhrmann and um, Baz Luhrmann of, of, you know, soft twee musical fame and Stephen Adley Gurgis. Gurgis, Stephen Adler, I don't know who he is, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a funny, it's a it's a mix that we don't often see, which is a kind of hyper reality in terms of uh, the musical world that we're kind of used to, but also the world of uh, the real world of the Bronx in the seventies and all of that that brings to it. That's the setup. What did you think, Jamie? Well, I kind of understand to an extent why Adam may have struggled at the start because I think the first 20 minutes are very... Like, I, I have a problem at times with Baz Luhrmann um, and his mm -hmm. style of directing. It, it Sometimes I find it a little bit frustrating and it's very frenetic with all these aggressive camera moves and cuts and really non-stop music and non-stop sound effects. And the soundtrack is amazing. Like, I loved it. But I was just waiting for a little moment, just a little, just a little bit of silence. It was just <laughs> so intense and it's so much to take in and it's so visually... Uh, in your face, I found it very. I sometimes cringe when I. I just I can't. I find it hard to really engage with what's actually happening in the story. And but then about twenty minutes in, he kind of slows it down a bit, and you have this really nice moment where the main character reads his poem that tells a story of how his found how his mum and dad died. And that moment on, I thought, okay, now I can at least empathise and join in this world a bit more and not feel like it's just been thrown at me. It's just, it's very, Baz Luhrmann's style really detracts at times. It's a bit like Quentin Tarantino in that sometimes they're so stylish, the style is so um, uh, strong and their voice is so strong that you sometimes lose like the emotion and the 
character from that because you're just being everything's being thrown at you and they're very sort of particular and and i was worried that was going to be the case for the entire and let's face it this is an hour and a half this is a film yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say regarding pace. You know, twenty minutes of fast action at the beginning of an hour and a half isn't that out of balance for the sake of pace. Even if you, no, no, you old, decrepit white men wanted something <laughs> soft and understandable <laughs> with some no, subtitles I, I, uh, in the first I five minutes. Get. I didn't get to that part where he read the poem. I'm guessing then, Jamie, because like yes. he says, I, I, I'll, okay, I'll give my, I'll give you my context. What you're going to give you us know, context on 15 minutes worth of watching? You deserve 20 seconds. Go. <laughs> um, oh Jesus! No, right. We've been watching a lot of lighthearted stuff. It's been summer, you know. It's been. We've been watching Community. We've been watching I Zombie. We've been watching comedies things like that for ages it's getting towards autumn we said we want something to get our teeth into what's the next thing that's going to be up we'll put on uh put on the get down as where we're going to talk about this week so yeah it's great something to really get involved in had 20 minutes of just people shouting at me it looked like um baz lerman directing starsky and hutch it was like a cartoon (laughs) of that world like i like baz lerman and i like hip-hop and i'm really interested in funk and i was not getting any of that i was getting flash dance or fame or oh the little girl who's wearing the hot pants and wants to be a, a secular singer but her daddy won't let her and it just it wouldn't stop it wouldn't stop shouting at me so we both paused it and i was obviously watching my wife and we just went i just I, this is doing my head in i want to be involved in something not shouted you at cannot. Uh, so we put <laughs> on true detective it's been oh sat on our recorder for God. two and a half years and yeah. this was the show that made us went actually this is the time i want to watch that show yes. but i've heard just the darkest thing possible uh, that has you know it's about a drug addicted cop looking into child murder okay All we of understand. For two and a half years we've been like I, I can't watch this stop the Get Down made me want to watch True Detective. Stop. Which yeah, you've got to watch True Detective. He's in. Yeah, we did that in three nights. Oh, the Get Down Jesus Christ. True Detective. Stop. What a good show that is. Stop. Wow. But stop. It, what, what I'm stop. Stop. Got a stop. Judgment. Adam, yeah. stop. I have no opinion. No, Convinced you don't. Stop. Jack, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I very much agree with what Jamie said that it's just pure style over substance. Um, and after actually watching the first episode, I had to, I didn't go straight back to it. I left it about a week before going back to it because it was just a complete sensory overload of too much going on um, in the first episode. It, there's six episodes in there all together. Yes. Have you watched all of them? Yes. Did you enjoy them all the way through? Yes. <laughs> ah, I okay thought, then. I thought, <laughs> I, I, I I thought that even up to... You're not a good interviewee. Carry on, Jack. <laughs> even up to episode three, there's... Because there's not very many episodes, it doesn't give you as much opportunity to invest yourself with the characters. So like Zeke, for example, and Mylene, the whole story, I've just... To put it bluntly, I'm just not asked about it. The only reason why I've carried on with it is because it's very stylish and it it does uh, suck you into that world, but then that's not enough to make me think, oh, I want to carry on, I want to know what happens. And it's not binge-worthy at all. Mm. Wow. Wow. Right. wow. 
Well, well, that, well certainly that? Slap, slap down. Certainly, we <laughs> felt that um, uh, Sarah enjoyed episode two more than episode one because I like, to point out that Jack's not even old. Exactly. I'm not yeah. even 21 yet. At least he's watched more than 15 fucking minutes and not telling a <laughs> not telling an epic, heroic, almost noble story about how he and his wife reached for the pause button at the same time, 15 minutes in, and made the highly intellectual uh, decision to put on the whitest self-indulgent show on the planet in order to give themselves a little bit of respite. Now then... Episode one certainly was. It, I mean, it was in. It was a lot. There was loads going on. We were helicoptering into numerous characters, a huge ensemble of characters. Sarah certainly felt at the end of episode one, and in fact, at the end of episode two, that she enjoyed episode two more because it slowed down a bit and focused on um, focused on the plots of the sort of main characters a bit more. Um, I didn't. I felt, I loved the fact that episode one was so frenetic. I thought it was different. I thought it was ambitious. I thought, as we were discussing last week, it was entire. It was brave. It was entirely non-cynical. It was the style that it was. Yes, you have to sort of swallow the fact that uh, you have to get used to this style. Like, what on earth is this? It's, 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 it's telling a story that is... These characters are representative of people of different people they're not it's not a bi- biography but it is representative of the kind of situation that deprived kids in the 70s in the bronx were in and so the characters yet yeah, are kind of broadly drawn in some ways but that's why i think baz Luhrmann's perfect to mix into this world because he's not going why don't you look at the story of naz he's going Look at this world that is surrounded by, and they use all the way through the six episodes, they use real news footage from the day and real footage of the Bronx from the time. They're purposely putting up uh, uh, like documentary shots of things that happened into this world that feels like a stage musical somewhat. And I think the cleverness of doing that is that you realise as you watch it that we're not talking about an individual story. We're talking about the politics and the 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 mar between the state that the, this ghettoised culture had got to um, as a result of of uh, you know, of you know money and and rich white people. The state that that ghetto of the Bronx had got to and how if you were growing up as a boy there this was the kind of life that you could lead and the kinds of things you could go into and the options that were surrounding you if you were a girl growing up there these are the kinds of girlfriends you'd have and this is the kind of dream you'd have and it's it's brave it is Bradley Whitford on the West Wing Weekly podcast last week said the reason he loves the Beatles and Bruce Springsteen um is because cynicism is the easiest thing in the world to do. But those who can shout from the rooftops with an honest message and try and... It's a harder option to have an honest message and to make that sell and make that entertaining. Cynicism is the easiest thing in the world. This is a completely non-cynical world. Now, the... There are cynical things we can put on it. If Ben was here, he might say, hey, this is the most expensive TV show ever. 
you know, <laughs> perhaps we should all be involved with this. Perhaps Adam shouldn't be turning it up after 15 minutes. But then again, perhaps it's not for Adam as much as it is for everyone else. And I, I think it's a shame that this thing hasn't been given the patience that it would be. And I wonder whether there is some subconscious racism going on oh, in the set I'm not saying that you're racist what? I'm saying Adam that wow. within 15 minutes you have been given right and in, you haven't seen one white character you've seen Naz rapping in a stadium which to quote you oh that's what that was right you've seen a no, rapper no, in a was, stadium was and the you've context seen... that he was then supposed to be the story but he was flashing back to was a story he was relating on stage i'm i'm that not was what i'm saying is yeah, that what yeah, that I was know, that I know. What Jamie i'm not talking about black white racism i'm talking about this is a subject that is based in a world that couldn't be further from the mean streets of chorley uh than we could find two uh white detectives driving around in a prius trying to figure out who the bad guy is is a lot more accessible for us than than this i'm not saying it's a black white uh, thing i'm saying no no that's some bullshit culturally how is it bullshit you don't know you've watched 15 minutes and turned it off because surely if this was a piece that looked like a world you recognized immediately you wouldn't have quote not got it but you suggest but you're suggesting that i know i was being flippant about not getting it at all but as everyone said, the style of that opening is quite alienating because it's so fast-paced. Because um, it's like hip-hop. There's no more familiarity with, like, murder investigation. I have no more familiarity with a murder investigation in Louisiana than I do with loving music in the Bronx. Okay, forget the murder investigation. I have no more familiarity with the style drug of dealing in Baltimore than I do with growing up in the Bronx wanting to be a musician. I have no more familiarity... I, I, you know, it, that's yeah, that is a shitty point. Uh, the style. Yeah, I, I think you're wrong, Carol. But I think you're, you're, you're big time wrong. Because okay, forget that, the word. I, I think... Okay, listen, forget the word racist. I I was searching for a word. <laughs> racist is wrong. I'm not calling you racist. I'm saying that when my mum and dad put the wire on for the first time, this was an entirely different thing than they'd ever seen before, and they needed to put the subtitles on. Now, that's not racist. I'm saying culturally, this thing has been put together at the beginning like a bombardment, uh, like a hip-hop song meets a musical. We aren't used to that style. I'm not saying Louisiana. I'm saying the pace of True Detective is akin to the pace of Last of the Summer Wine, a world of TV that we're used to. This is a different pace of a movie of a world that we don't yeah, I'm, see I'm very often. I'm not unfamiliar with movies. I'm not unfamiliar with Baz Luhrmann. I'm not unfamiliar with hip-hop or with disco <laughs> or things set in the 70s or set in New York. You know, we've all got a fairly familiar sense of what that world is, mostly through TV rather than personal experience. You know, you didn't grow up in the 1970s in, Bron in the Bronx either, but... It wasn't the story, the cast, or, or anything like that that was alienating. It was the heavy-handed style. It was the budget. Like, you could see the money reeking out of it. And it felt like they'd gone too far. They'd gone beyond any sense of realism, but almost without any sense of of it being particularly stylized. It looked like Sesame Street. But you have no you know, frame of reference so, here, Donny. So because you turned it off uh, after but, 15 minutes. What about the scene? That's what I'm saying is that area, that, that, that introduction was, and like I said, right at the start, context is everything. 
it just turned out we weren't in the frame of mind for, for wanting that sort of entertainment. I think it's probably totally valid, and I'm, but I want to know whether to go back to it. If it was going to stay like that, I'm, think, I'm guessing it can't stay at that relentless pace because you'd all be like, have had an aneurysm by episode two, I think, <laughs> if it had stayed like that first 20 minutes forever. So I'm guessing it does change and it does develop, which is um So you think which is that good. There's, there is no chance that, that because this is set in a world that we have no experience in, there's, the, there's no way that that could have affected your thinking? The reason we watch TV is to experience worlds we've got no context, no I'm experience not, That's of. not what I said. I said, are you saying that there's no chance that that could have affected it? Uh, zero chance. You consider yourself liberal and open-minded enough for that to have caused any, <laughs> any difference, despite the fact that you switched it off after 15 minutes. I'm, I'm tempted to put on the video part for this Skype call again so you can see my face looking at <laughs> because it's, I can feel my eyebrows are asking questions I cannot vocalise. <laughs> I think that we all have to ask ourselves these questions, and I think it's very important. For I, example, I, I, I don't see the issue at all. I, I think this is the same. This is this is Baz Luhrmann's style. It doesn't matter if it's set in the Bronx and it's about uh, the '70s uh, rise of hip hop. It's his style. It's, he, he would do this exact same style if he was making Last of the Summer Wine, and there was a bunch of guys yeah. in a bathtub. It's just the that way he makes watch. stuff. But we often give things more than 15 minutes, even if the style is annoying. The whole premise of this podcast, watching one episode, we often give it the benefit of the doubt, and it's often not set in worlds, often set in worlds that are uh, much less stylized than that and much less of such a specific... For example, now it, this gets really high ratings on IMDb. The first review, I thought I'd just open a review and see if I could get opinions of others... Perfect, perfect, perfect depiction of the parts of the start of rap in the Bronx. Having been younger in those days and leaving the East Coast, people like Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, etc. They were the people you daydream about without no, really knowing anything about them. Now, the way the show goes on, it shows all those personas as seen through the eyes of fresh young dudes. And, and it's, you know, you can immediately see there's a bunch of reviews here immediately from people who did have experience of the time and who were giving it 10 out of 10 immediately. I am merely suggesting that perhaps the reason why this TV series has, hasn't been met with massive critical acclaim, and Adam, you've been a critic for many years, is mm -hmm. perhaps that you don't have that same, I grew up there and I immediately latched out, I got this immediately. Well, yeah, but I'm not sure I could speak, like I say, of any show that is about my life, other than maybe Phoenix Nights. Ah, but there aren't <laughs> many shows that are so clearly about a. There aren't many shows that are so clearly about a world a and time and a, a place. Time. There are lots of shows like that. Give Treme, me one, for example, which I Treme loved it, absolutely loved it. Again, about mm. uh, music and its role in a particular society at a particular time. Um, which is amazing. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, I, there's a little bit of me that, yeah, you talking about that review, kind of, I, I was half expecting a show that would be about, like, Grandmaster Flash and would be about the roots of hip-hop and things like that. And actually that first, that intro, makes it seem like Flashdance or, or Fame or something really, really cheesy. And I know 
I know that's kind of uh, Baz Luhrmann style, and there's part of me that think, actually, you know what? I, I quite like Moulin Rouge. Like, I'm okay with going for like an, an hour and a half of just pure cinema escapism, but there's part of me that, in the context of putting on the next Netflix show you want to binge, that style jarred with my expectations, and it made me think for that Friday evening when I sat down with a bottle of wine and you know, and we're having our dinner. It was just like. No, actually, this isn't what we want right now. But I'm not dismissing it entirely, and maybe I was being a little uh, exaggerated in in some of that dismissal dismissal earlier. But it, yeah, it didn't meet, I guess, expectation. But I, I guess I didn't I didn't know much context. The only context I heard about the show, which might be what counts against it critically, is people going, "It's the most expensive thing ever." Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard as well, and that's yeah, that's the only an, context I had of it really. I suppose. Yeah, it almost annoyed me to watch it because I knew how expensive it was. And the fact yeah. that there's only six episodes. Yeah, if there's one thing that I want when I watch TV, it's lower bloody budgets. Jesus. I just want to apologise to Adam. I was very angry with Adam. <laughs> I was yeah, very you called him a racist. No, no. I was very angry with Adam. I am aware that we are talking about a TV series that I think has got one white cast member in it, as far as I can remember of any note and he's brilliant by the way but one white cast member and <laughs> i wanted to bring up and i was very aware that we went round the circle and everybody went this is a bit strange uh, adam took the brunt of that because he turned it off after 15 minutes which i am furious about <laughs> furious um i do think genuinely that there's a valid question in and marsha would agree i'm sure if she was listening with her activist take that that four white middle class men st standing around talking about this that is such an unusual thing that that it's such a, a cast of people of colour um, that we should ask ourselves the questions are there things despite the fact it's Baz Luhrmann who is a white man who makes furry fluffy pink stuff. Um, <coughs> I think that is a question that we do need to ask ourselves a little bit. Of uh, I, just, I do thoughts. think I think you're right to ask it. I just don't yeah, feel ask, like ask in any way. <laughs> yeah, maybe ask yourself. But I don't feel like it was a. I feel like I watched the uh, Baz Luhrmann's Australia and I hated it. Oh and God, that's I bad. don't think that's because I hate Australians or I don't <laughs> or don't like them. Uh, the country. It's because it's you just didn't because... grow up in Australia. <laughs> it's just simply because I I really struggle Racist. with Baz. Lerman. I struggle with, with all of his work. I loved his first ever film, Strictly Ballroom, which I think is brilliant. And that was an hour and a half. I think he's got longer and longer with his work and more exaggerated. And I, I struggle with that. And that, for me, is a bigger issue I than the money yeah. it cost or the, the cultural differences I have with the actual material. It's that that really is going to be hard to get past for me. And I was starting to get past it but I'm glad that episode two isn't an hour and a half, though, because that's really quite intense. That is a film, Gee, basically. Yeah, aren't, aren't we all? Like, <laughs> I felt the same. Yeah, it was it was hard work. Um, in I just loved it. What am I talking about? You absolute <laughs> bunch of heathens. You absolute bunch of bloody white heathens. What is wrong with you? It was brilliant. I am fascinated by this world. Why do you keep world? saying that? Well, why? Why, why is the white bit relevant? Because Why do you keep seeing colour, Hal? Yeah. 
Yes, yes. Uh, as I've stated before, we, sh- we only will have equality when we don't talk about it anymore. So uh, maybe I should shut the fuck up. Um, I find I find this story, learning about this story and seeing this world absolutely just so rich. And that's why it's packed full of stuff, is that there's so much to cover. So, yes, it's a... It's a <sighs> I can't persuade somebody to not watch something for more than 15 minutes. I feel like I feel like there's a limit to my ability of persuasion. One of them is just having the having the basic decency to watch a full bloody episode. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean Adam, that, that is a low blow. Downgraded That's it from a blow. four episode rule to the four scene rule, and I still couldn't do that. <laughs> but beyond no, the money, like, like beyond so, the money, oh. beyond the plot, beyond the context, beyond the culture, this has got a cast that you watch and are it's very rare that we see something that has a cast that are triple threats they they can majority of them can dance sing and act really really well and rap and do it really really well and there's some scenes in it later on that blow me away and I go do you know what if money can buy you of all the Baz Luhrmann type shots in and out and trappings and room Baz doesn't direct episode two onwards okay so the style lightens up but that's good but the of all of the trappings what you've got in the center is what uh, what musicals should be and aren't because of the way that the West End went under Margaret Thatcher the the actual talent involved of this storytelling blows you away at points I mean just in that first episode Jamie, at the disco the, the, the 70s line dancing how That's could that not yeah. sell you that... on the entire thing, it's no, amazing I got, I got more, it was brilliant, that whole nightclub scene is amazing it's, it's amazing. brilliant and and they are the actors the, 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 they're all incredibly talented there's a great scene where she's singing in the church where you know you really appreciate it her, her amazing voice. He's clear, like that bit where he's reading the poetry he's written. Those are moments that I really like. I just wanted, like, just to enjoy those moments a bit more. But you don't get um, them without I, the rest. That's what you get. As, it's the package deal. That's the, the that's the thing. It's not. It's not about cultural uh, culture in terms of race. It's about what I was trying to say before about um, uh, Louisiana, about that thing. True Detectives. Is it's, it's our culture. It's our experience of how a, a structure should go, how a script should go. We are used to a certain pace. We're used to an A plot and a B plot, and it'll be wrapped up in forty-five minutes. This goes, fuck you, this is what we're doing. And it goes on this mammoth tour de force. And without that tour de force, there's no way in an opening episode you could have all of those different things happening. You get the 70s dance scene, and you, but you also get all the other ones as a result. You know, it's just, it does so much. I urge you to be, to be patient and to try and, to try and work against your, your expected body clock of, of, of pace, you know, like we were saying about that Game of Thrones episode that goes on seven minutes longer than the others. We all felt that it was different, and that was seven minutes longer. This is completely different. They've just gone, this is what we're putting in because this is what the story needs. Mm. Yeah, I think I, mean, I don't feel like I can't handle different styles and paces of shows or films, or I just struggle in general with Baz Luhrmann, and that's it, really. <laughs> but was that scene <laughs> not worth it? Like, does that not make up for the whole thing? 
Well, yeah, that's the thing with Baz Luhrmann. He's like, sometimes he nails it. He, like, he absolutely nails it. And you have to kind of just sort of Trust grasp him. your way through the clutter that's around it. And then you'll have these moments of amazing filmmaking. Yeah. And that's the I really struggle with with him. But that it is a style thing. It's his style yeah. that's sometimes great. And that's my only issue with the whole entire show. Good. How much have you watched, Jamie? Sorry. Do you say you've watched three episodes of it? No, just the first. Oh, okay. Oh, so, uh, are you are you carrying on then? Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on. Yeah. Adam, are you gonna watch the... say 18 minutes or? <laughs> yeah, I might go for. I might split it into like bite-sized 20 minute chunks over the rest. No, I mean I I am up for for going back to it. Like I say, I it's expectation and context that kind of made me stall to think actually no to a degree i was thinking actually i want to come back to this at a point where now i know a little bit what it is when i can enjoy it i mean it it sounds like obviously you love it hell it sounds like it's uh, people are finding it a little uneven like the style may be to its detriment i totally get the point that you know you have to work through that because moments of brilliance are the high points are incredibly high but yeah it does sound like it's a, a slightly hard work in places <laughs> Um, no, it's just brilliant. So okay. get on with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> course, I want to know. I, I want to know if Jack's going to finish it. Well, <laughs> I think I'll finish it, but come back to me in about six weeks. So Jack, I think that's you, how long it's going to take. Have me. you met the record label guy now? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I have in, that, in episode three. That character. You think that actor and that character, you think he's one thing. It just, it's brilliant performance. It changes. Um, who was it mentioned? Sesame Street. Oh, that might be me. Right. Sesame Street, which it should remind you of because Sesame Street was 70s, New York, yep. set in the Bronx. And it, and, yeah. and there's there's many parts to this which I think the, uh, the American attitude, the American dream, that style, all of that stuff... Uh, there is a level of sentiment which I think is both Baz Luhrmann but is also true of America. People think that way and thought that way there. Um, dreams and being what, what the American dream was for people who lived in the Bronx was actually dealt with by both the Get Down and the Muppets. So I think it's a, good, <laughs> I think it's a very good uh, parallel to draw, even if you didn't. No, I I didn't. In no way would I suggest that being compared to Sesame Street was detrimental. Yeah, like that's that's bound to be a positive. Yeah, there is a review in the Sunday Times from A. A. Gill, um, massive white snob, that says nothing I've seen recently has made me feel as constantly uncomfortable and occasionally flabbergasted as the Get Down. It is willfully (laughs) done, and after the fuss about the underrepresentation of blacks at the Oscars and their overrepresentation in morgues, the fact that a US non-network TV can roll out this show and fail to make any others that aren't about OJ is monumentally depressing. Uh, it's oh, critics. Critics have massively, you know, a lot of critics were dismissive of it. Um, I think that's because he's a racist, especially of the pilot. <laughs> but um, it's it's self indulgence and all of that stuff. I I still think that. And, and hey, if you guys had come on and said this was awesome, I would have provided some criticism. But 
I'm immediately <laughs> passionate about the one thing that I sit and I watch it and I go, these actors I have never seen before. I've seen the main guy before who is uh, who was in Malcolm in the Middle originally and then he was in a very good movie that I watched recently. <laughs> What's his name? Ooh, I recognised Gus from Breaking Bad. He was uh, in what I saw. Yeah, he was in it. Will Smith's son is in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Shamik Moore who was in Dope, which is very funny. He was in a number of things, uh, including just to get that. Anyway. Oh, I, I, I shouldn't say this, but during that part that we did watch, we did both go, he looks just like Will Smith. Are we being racist? That must be his son, right? I don't know. Are you being... Yeah, really, that was Will Smith's son. So let's just recap the scene if we were to write it. Adam and his wife sit down with a bottle of wine. They turn on the get down. They say, this is a bit noisy. They say, he looks like Will Smith. And then after 15 <laughs> minutes, put True Detective on and say, this is more like it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just repeating everything you've said. That's all. He's still going down the racist route here, Adam. He's <laughs> <laughs> a little, isn't he? Trying to offer like a little, a little olive branch. There. I don't know if yeah. he was. Uh, I don't know if yeah, he was you actually. Totally back down into a quagmire. <laughs> I don't know if he was actually looking at Will Smith's son when he said it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For all I know, he was looking at Jimmy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, Fantastic. That wasn't him. If it turns out that's not him at the start, then I'm in trouble. So, <laughs> in conclusion, I forgive this, it's massive budget. I accept that there may be criticisms to level at it for that. There's also criticisms to do with pace and the first episode, okay. But for me, seeing people 70s line dance in a disco full of pimps, seeing people sing and write songs and dance and all of that stuff, you cannot point to another TV series um, a Glee is the closest other thing. Other than Sesame Street. Other than Sesame Street, you cannot point to another TV series that has done that and uh, and that would, have, that would have found this cast and given us the treat of seeing them perform. It's just... Uh, I, I really like it. I urge you to watch it just for the sake of having an opinion that you hated the baggy pace. No, I come back and talk to you about this in a couple of weeks, saying I loved it. I do. You don't. You don't have to do that, and especially. Uh, no, I, 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 I feel minutes. like you do, Adam. I feel like you've got to watch it all and absolutely bloody love it. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, you know what you are. Anyway, it's. I, I mean, it's. It's weird. It's like like A.A. Gill was probably pointing out there, it's like, does does something that is an entirely, almost entirely um, person of colour cast need defending when that is the most well-funded thing ever made? Does it? I'm asking you. Like, do, does there still need to be somebody saying, hey, why... Uh, it, Shouldn't we be singing about this as loudly as everyone sang about True Detective? Shouldn't we be saying that? Uh, oh, you're that's a way. God, we've almost been on for an hour already, Hal. That's a way wider sort of. It's a good question. question. 
And that's yeah. I because I you know me, I view things uh, optimistically and I view things wholeheartedly. And I watch this, and for me, I still go, this is a bunch of people who's this. Uh, you don't normally see this kind of cast on a Netflix funded TV series or a network TV series and I watch it and I go this is bloody great and and I look around and nobody's shouting about it and then we do a podcast on it and Jack and Jamie rock up and I think thank god Adam's watched it and then he turns up and he's watched 15 minutes and I go oh But just because, I mean, we are, by our own admission, quite a small, you know, we are not a representative bunch of people. Your friend group is not necessarily representative of a Netflix user base or everyone in the the world who watches TV. Just because you're not hearing your friends rave about it doesn't mean that this is not being well-received. I don't know. I've got no context of, like, critical reception. Well, there was a lot of chatter about it not being critically The Times is not going to be necessarily the audience for it like you say no the reason i googled it is because it's been it has been reported widely that it hasn't been reviewed very well and there have been some questions about whether what underlies that Mm. is about the fact that this is looks very different culturally from other shows that perhaps would have been given more of a um automatic thumbs up and i guess but maybe it's just not just not very good because I I found that (laughs) there isn't much of a direction to it and it lacks momentum in most parts of the show apart from when they're singing and dancing and rapping it does lack a lot of momentum when it focuses on the actual story the drive just isn't there again I just think it's a different structure than we used to for me it's about stepping into that world and wandering around and going um how is this all coming together? How is this moving forward? And the end, I bloody loved the end because I expected it to be Romeo and Juliet and it didn't turn out to be that. I love it. But I can step into a world when I watch Life on Mars. That yeah. That's a different world for me. So <laughs> we we yeah. don't need 10 million to step into a different world. I, yeah, it, it was... Uh, Life on Mars, the... White male, <laughs> slightly racist, e- epic. <laughs> wow, Back in a world, Jack are a racist now. No, yeah, I'm saying life on Mars. The attraction of life on Mars. It was back in a world when we weren't so politically correct, and we could knock somebody about a bit to get the truth out of them. Yeah, it, it's. I, I know what you're saying, Jack. Maybe it's not very good. I cannot understand how anybody could watch this and say it's not very good. I can I can understand you watching it and going um, like a buffet that someone served you and going, there's too much food, but the food is excellent. <laughs> You've got to admit that the food is excellent within there. And I, I urge you to finish it. Uh, Adam, I urge you to start it, but I urge you to finish yeah. it, Jack. Hmm. Like I said, give me another six months and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Okay. Because that's that's the other thing. When with all the the sensory overload, after I've watched one episode, I feel like I need a break. I feel like I need to go and just sit in a in a dark room somewhere and just relax and chill out. And then oh, I'm wow. not every time I think about going to watch another episode, it's like, oh, mm. but you're smoking too the... much weed at that university. <laughs> Adam clearly smoked way too much, <laughs> which brings us full circle. So, um, God, that got me a lot more passionate than I thought. 
Ooh. Well, yeah. I think now we need a two-week break to think about what we've done and to give you a chance to watch it. I think, I think you do. So we will now have a two-week break. I'm off to Dubai, Bangkok, and Hong Kong. Wow! Oh, you bastard! Very exciting. <laughs> um, what will all of you be doing? Will you be watching the Get Down, Jamie? Uh, yes, and I might be having a baby. We'll see. Oh yeah! Oh, how long? Course, to, how long yeah. to go? It's for less, just uh, just less than four weeks. So it, it could be due any day, really. But it's due date at the end of this month. So I'll, I hope uh, you are going to carry on with this podcast once that happens. Yeah, I will probably also need a two-week break, uh, or at least, uh, yeah, I'm going to need two weeks. Uh, uh, once the baby's born, after that, I'll be back in the zone. Jeez. It's going to um, it. it's going to change your relationship with TV. I know. I was. I, it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's yeah. A, it, it becomes a lot more intense. I mean, you mm. you're already in a pretty intense relationship with TV, but it's mm. stuff's going to get weird for you. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that. You're going to start right. giving things 16 minutes max. Oh. <laughs> no, you, you know what? You, you're going to need TV more. You're going to need adult conversation and different worlds to go into. <laughs> like, it, it's going to, yeah, it's it becomes a much more interesting psychological relationship with TV. You'll have no time for stuff you don't like at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but weirdly, you'll be more patient in some ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that another time, right? Yeah. Okay. I like that. You've just got to be careful, Jamie, that if that does happen, that you don't decide that you don't, you know, otherwise you'll just watch the same shit that you've always watched for the rest of your life. If you decide mm. within the first 15 minutes of something, I mean, where does that lead you? <laughs> I, uh, oh, I feel like I've spoken too much and this is already too long. But I'm up for the two words I said in the Night Of podcast. Carried on watching the Night Of. Excellent. Decided, you... but but not finished it yet because um, yeah. we were only watching it as it's on week by week. I've not got it all on on catch up. Yeah. Um, so only up to episode five. But I realised both Ben and Jamie were right. <laughs> it is good derivative bullshit. Yeah, maybe you should put it's that like... on at the same time as watching the get down, and the two different paces will even each other out. No. Maybe. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. quite it's get like... more opposite paces than I, I've, been, I've been worrying about it a lot in my head and I realised it's like one of those compilation tribute albums you know when like 10 different artists each do a track off an album that you love and it's like everyone's just copying it and you like the idea of it and it makes you realise how much you preferred the original it's like that with 10 different crime shows it's like just dripping off lots wow. of different things to make a pleasing whole but it's somehow less than it's some of its parts. There you go. Been thinking about that for a while. But what's depressing is that when you hear someone like Adam do a review like that and you realise it's the same length as the review he did on something that lasted 15 minutes, that we should never listen to Critical (laughs) Review ever again. Just watch everything, love everything. That's it for this podcast. We don't need to do it anymore. That's the last piece of this podcast. It's over. It's over. I could kill something. God, Adam, I was looking forward to you coming on. I thought you'd watched it. You even messaged me separately to say, oh, this is going to be interesting. 15 minutes! <laughs> right. <laughs> Take Enjoy. care. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye. 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 Uh, you shit, back.
good guy. <laughs> I just can't, I can't just believe loud. you can even stand there. You're like a child that's done, rubbed some shit up a wall, you can stand there and call it art. <laughs> <laughs>